We're talking burning off-season questions for TCU football the rest of this week. What are the five questions that have to be answered before the season starts? And we'll start with the quarterback position today. Chandler Morris, is the un, is he the unquestioned QB1 going into next season? That coming up next in Lockdown Horn Frogs. You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. It is Locked On Horn Frogs, your team every day. I'm your host, Stephen Simcox. You can find me on Twitter at Simcox. Stephen, uh, as always, would love for you to subscribe to the show on YouTube. It's Locked On Horn Frogs, it's where you can find us on YouTube. Also, you can find us wherever you get your you know, favorite podcast, whatever your favorite podcast platform is, subscribe there as well. Um, we are tackling the rest of this week the five biggest questions surrounding TCU football this offseason. What do they have to take care of from a roster standpoint, you know, philosophy-wise, personnel-wise? What are the issues? What are the things that we're thinking about that we're you know, pondering over the next few months that TCU has to address? And We'll start with the quarterback, and I think there's actually been a lot of clarity about this issue in the last few days. Um, you know, when the national championship game ended, one of my first thoughts was, okay, Chandler Morris, he wins the job last year, right? Like he wins the job out of camp, gets hurt in that Colorado game, Max takes over. So do they feel confident in him stepping into this offense and running the show next year? Or are they going to bring in another player um, to push him and have some competition next season? And so Sam Jackson, uh, who was third on the depth chart this past year, he transfers out. He's headed to Cal. Now your quarterback room looks like Chandler Morris and then Josh Hoover, the sophomore from Rockwall Heath. And that's it as far as guys that are, you know, scholarship players. Everybody else is a walk-on. So I think they're going to add someone to the roster in, you know, the coming months before fall starts. But I am I'm I'm at the point where I firmly believe Chandler Morris is going to be the unquestioned guy going into next season. Now the one thing that could change that, Walker Howard, the four star or five star quarterback, depending on what recruiting service you want to look at, was at LSU. He officially entered the portal. I know he did have a visit, according to Jeremy Clark, he had a visit with TCU. And so he was on campus there. TCU's in the running. The people that you know predict these things, the crystal balls that get put out uh, by on three and by two four seven, they're all trending towards Old Miss. So it seems like he's probably headed to play for Old Miss. Now, if he ends up in Fort Worth at TCU, then I think this dynamic and this whole conversation changes because he's the type of talent that could win the starting job and could push Chandler um, even with the, you know, upper hand Morris is going to have and understanding the offense and just knowing what to do, knowing what this coaching staff is looking for. Howard's the type of player that could, that could push Morris at at this point. I don't see that happening. Now, um, if he ends up going to Ole Miss or elsewhere, then I think things become interesting because, if Howard's off the board, then really as far as the portal goes, you're starting to look at a lot of options at quarterback that 
are more depth guys, and you're going to need somebody like that. But I would imagine that if if they miss on Howard, that what TCU is going to do is they'll take a step back and say, okay, let's wait until spring ball's over, until the summer, and then see, because you're, you're always going to have quarterbacks that lose quarterback battle. Coaching staff says, hey, you're not the guy. All right, I'm going to go elsewhere. Um, so let's just wait and see what it looks like in a few months and see if there's somebody we can add to the, the fold here who can be a good option if Chandler Morris gets hurt. Because whether it's fair or unfair, I think a lot of TCU fans have that on their mind. You got Chandler Morris got hurt in the Oklahoma State game a few years ago. Um, he gets banged up in the Colorado game this past year. He's a smaller guy. You know, he's he's 5'10", 180 pounds. Maybe he's bulked up a little bit since that height and weight that I think was that was what he was listed at in high school. So surely he's bulked up some since then. But still, he's a smaller player. And so you wonder about him taking hits. And uh, especially if they go with Kendall Bryles, which I did an episode about Kendall yesterday, and I know that TCU's talking with him about potentially coming over as the offense coordinator. Uh, you know, Bryles likes to use the quarterback in the run game, and he used K.J. Jefferson a lot. Now, a big part of that is K.J. Jefferson is a different type of dude. I mean, he's big, he's strong, he's fast. He's really good at running the football, and so if you have him back there at quarterback, then you're going to run the ball more. But that is an aspect of that offense they use frequently. So can Chandler hold up and running the ball and – you know, moving the chains that way, taking that physical punishment. That's a huge question. So you're going to need somebody in the mix. But I think at this point we can confidently say, unless something changes here soon and they land a big-time QB talent, that, you know, you expect to come in and push um, the room and and push Chandler more specifically. I mean, I I feel like Chandler's going to be the unquestioned guy going into the season. And – I feel okay about that. I mean, the coaching staff felt great about it um, going into the year. I think the first half of the Colorado game, I don't know how much you can take from that. And honestly, we don't know what his ceiling and his floor is. People that are super excited about him, they think about what he did against Baylor, and he was just slinging the ball all over the place um, and had a great game throwing the football. I don't think he is, you know – I don't think he's going to be consistently that good, and I don't think he's consistently going to be as bad and as off and as inconsistent as he was in the first half against Colorado. We'll find out what that medium is. But, you know, the word on Chandler is he understands the offense really well. He anticipates well. He's accurate. He, you know, hits his guys on time, hits his guys in stride. And so it's kind of a different situation. You know, Max had – the insane arm talent. He could push the ball down the field, and it was a lot more about, okay, let's let's throw the ball deep. Let's challenge um, the secondary. Let's – we don't necessarily have to be the most efficient team in the world if, you know, we're throwing 50-yard bombs all the time and we can hit a few of them. And then we can make up for being behind the chains at times. And so I think this will be a little bit of a different look this season – with Chandler at QB. And of course, a big part of this too is whoever's the offensive coordinator. But I feel pretty confident at the moment in saying that Chandler Morris is going to be your quarterback in 2023. He's going to be QB1. He'll be the starter. And I think TCU feels good about it. Um, and he's had a lot of a lot of time this season to get reps in practice, to watch what Max is doing, to watch what this coaching staff wants in an offense. Um, 
And yeah, I feel like unless something crazy happens here with Walker Howard, there's really no question that he's going to be the dude going into uh, 2023. When we come back, I want to talk about some roster developments from yesterday. Had some guys leaving uh, for the NFL draft. Have some players at the portal. Also, it came out that TCU landed someone in the portal. All that coming up. Before we do that, though, I do want to talk about Built Bar. Built Bar is uh, the protein bar. We talk about it frequently on the show. It's delicious, and I know so many of you, um, your New Year's resolution, what are you trying to do this year? What are you trying to do as you hit the reset button in 2023? And for a lot of people, it's I want to eat healthier. I just I want to get to a place where I'm, I'm doing better with my diet. Um, I'm feeling better. And so Built Bar is a great option because it's one, it's delicious, right? They use real chocolate. They use real ingredients. It's not the the fake stuff that you just kind of white knuckle and get by with because it's only 150 calories. Um, Built Bar is good for you. 180 calories. They use real ingredients that you'll love. They have great flavors. The churro flavor is fantastic. Go to BuiltBar.com and you can you know look through these different flavors Find what's best for you. I've said this before. I frequently will grab one out the door as I'm, you know, leaving for work and getting kids dropped off. And it's a great breakfast option for me because it ties me over to lunch, but I don't have to feel guilty about what I'm eating. And so experience that today. And also, if you have a Sam's Club membership and you're in Sam's frequently, stop in there today and check out Built Bar because they're in real t- retailers as well as well now. Um, they're in Sam's Club, so you can find Built Bar today. Sam's Club or BuiltBar.com. I tell you about it all the time. That's because it's a good product. They send me samples. I love them. Um, I love the different flavors. I love the options. So if you're trying to get healthier in 2023, a great option is Built Bar. Give it a try today. And thanks to Built Bar for being one of our great sponsors. Okay, segment two here on Locked on Horn Frogs. So uh, trying to cover a lot of ground. You got roster developments all over the place. Um, a couple guys that are entering the NFL draft not surprising, but yesterday was the, the deadline for underclassmen or, or players with eligibility left to enter the NFL draft. Um, Quentin Johnston and Kendra Miller. And so super excited for both these guys. They you know came back last year was kind of there was uncertainty with the coaching staff turnover. I know Quentin um, and his family, they did a story with The Athletic before the Fiesta Bowl where they revealed that there was – there was a possibility for Quentin to transfer. He never entered the portal, but there were teams that were reaching out and saying, hey, you can come here and, and be the guy. And Quentin stayed. He believed in this coaching staff and finally reached you know, that full potential that we saw the first few years of his career, having over 1,000 yards, a lot of touchdowns, had that great game in the Fiesta Bowl, um, had that long touchdown that might be my favorite moment of the season where he catches that you know shallow cross and takes it to the house. Um, against Michigan. So super excited for him. I think he's going to be a first-round pick. I don't know who's going to represent him, but I hope whatever agent or agency uh, represents him in this draft process, I hope they have him uh, go through the combine process and do a lot of the you know athletic events because his physical gifts are just off the charts. And he runs so well for his size. He's got a great vertical leap. He used to play basketball at Temple High School. He was a fantastic player. Um, he's just a freak in a lot of ways. And so great dude, great player, gave us all for TCU, really excited for what he can do on the next level and hope that he breaks out in a big way. But I fully expect Quentin Johnson to be a first round pick. I think he'd be a top 15 
top 10 type of guy, wide receiver one off the board in this draft process. And I feel like the draft process is going to help him a lot. The way he carries himself, um, the way he'll, you know, just interact with teams and show out at the combine, the pro days, he'll do an incredible job. And then Kendra Miller, you know, amazing story was going to go be a linebacker at UTSA for Jeff trailer and sort of at the last minute in that recruiting cycle, TCU offered, and they were like, hey, come visit on campus. He did. He decides to change his mind and uh, go play running back for the Frogs. Sat behind Zach Evans um, and Darwin Barlow for a few years and got his opportunity this season and was just a workhorse. Great, great running back. Um, amazing balance, amazing ability to take contact and stay on his feet and keep moving forward, get extra yards. Um, had over 1,300 yards this season, had a touchdown in almost every single game. Uh, you know, got hurt in the Fiesta Bowl. Would have loved to have seen him one more time in that national title game, but that knee injury kept him out. But he's going to move on as well. And uh, best of luck to him. I think this will be a good, this can be a good draft cycle for TCU with Quentin, with Kendra, Max Duggan, um, Amari Di Mercado announced as well. He's going to, enter the draft. I think he'll get a camp invite. I don't know if he'll be drafted, but I feel like he'll end up on a team. Uh, Steve Avila, Darius Davis, uh, Trey Hodges Tomlinson, so much talent that you're losing, but a, a great opportunity for the school. It's been a while. We, you know, we've had some first round picks, but it's, it's been a long, it's been a while since we had a TCU guy get drafted and then really play at a high level in the NFL. So just from a, a PR standpoint, a branding standpoint, would be great to see one of those guys break through and have a long NFL career. And I think a lot of players from this roster have the opportunity to do that. Another player that's leaving, but not to the NFL, which surprised me, uh, Quincy Brown, wide receiver at TCU. He announced he is entering the transfer portal. Now, Quincy had been on the roster for two seasons, um, and this year didn't get to play much. He had a, a really bad high ankle sprain against Tarleton. Um, had a fantastic game against Tarleton. But sprains his ankle, scoring a touchdown, and ends up being out for the season, uh, which was really unfortunate. But, man, he had two touchdowns. He had three catches for 31 yards in that game. And then uh, at the end of 2021, you know, he started to show some real promise. Um, had a couple games where he was effective. Had 12 catches for 121 yards and a touchdown in 2021. And I thought this year could be a, a big chance for him to go, you know, play that outside receiver position and be effective, be one of the leaders on this offense. But for whatever reason, he's going to move on. Um, don't know if it's playing time. Don't know what the coaching staff and, and him have kind of talked about. But best of luck to him. Hope he finds a good landing spot. Hope he finds a place where he can thrive. Super talented player. And, again, somebody I was excited about for this season I thought could be, you know, one of their leading wideouts. But uh, just just didn't happen that way. He's going to – explore some other options and, and go elsewhere. And I hope for, for Quincy's sake that it works out and he ends up in a place where he gets some good opportunities and can really show out next season. But yeah, it's a loss in the wide receiver room. I mean, he was a guy that I, I felt like they were kind of counting on to step up and um, be somebody who took some of the, the production that, that Quinn Johnson is going to leave um, from that outside receiver spot, but Savion Williams, Jordan Hudson, you know, Blair Conright, Blake Noel, all these guys, uh, obviously Cordell Russell coming in. There's a lot of names that can still 
step up and, and try to do that. But Quincy Brown, he's going to go elsewhere, moves on. He's in the transfer portal. Um, and then finally, uh, they did add somebody yesterday, Willis Patrick, lineman from Jackson State, interior offensive lineman. And this guy's huge. He is 6'4", 347 pounds. Um, he was one of the elite offensive linemen in the SWAT conference last year. Um, had a really good year at Jackson State. Super interesting player. He uh, went to high school in Grand Prairie. He actually went to Angelo State first, had a great career there, transfers to Jackson State, did a nice job there last season, and so now he's at TCU. I mentioned that size, huge guy. And they're going to need help in the interior of that offensive line. Wes Harris moving on, uh, Alan Ali moving on, Steve Avila moving on. So your three starters at that guard center guard position, all gone. But now you bring in Tommy Brockermeyer, you bring in Willis Patrick. Um, you know, we'll see how they kind of mix and match, but some big holes on that offensive line being left from last year. And hopefully Patrick can come in and be one of those players that fills that void. If not a starter, at least somebody can come in and be some depth for you, but great size, you know, showing a lot of promise and a big get from, for TCU uh, you know, you want to have as much depth on both sides of the line as you possibly can. We'll close up here in a second with uh, some basketball talk, TC basketball. Where are they at in the latest top 25 poll? That coming up next on Locked on Horn Frogs. All right, Locked on Horn Frogs. Final segment here. So TC basketball, latest AP top 25 poll came out on Sunday. They are sitting at 14th, um, right behind Kansas State, who they just beat, who was at 13th. Elsewhere in the Big 12, in the top 25, uh, Kansas at number two. Um, let's see here, Texas at seven, uh, Iowa State at 12, K-State at 13, TCU at 14, Baylor at number 21. So, yeah, just an insane conference. Every single time you go out there and play, um, it's it's a it's just a it's it's a dogfight. It's every it's a heavyweight battle every single night in Big 12 basketball. And TCU moves up three spots from 17 to 14, even though they had kind of a tough week. I mean, they beat K-State, which was huge. But on uh, Wednesday, they lost to Texas, had an 18-point lead in the first half, lose that game on the road. Last weekend, um, they lost to Iowa State on a buzzer beater. And so it kills you when you have some of those winnable games that you can't close out. But they bounce back in a big way at home against Kansas State, played great defense in that game, um, get a victory, and so now back in the winning track, up to number 14 in the country, and a huge week coming on Wednesday, tomorrow night, or tomorrow night, yeah, they play West Virginia at 6 o'clock on ESPN+. Plus. West Virginia yet to win a Big 12 game. Bob Huggins, of course, legendary coach. They always press you. It's always tough in Morgantown, but need to find a way to win that one, hopefully get to 4-2 and two in conference play, and then – over the weekend, they're going to play number two, Kansas. So things are going to ratchet up in a big way this week for TCU basketball for Mike Miles, Damian Ball, and company. But sitting at number 14 in the country um, after that win over Kansas State, exciting stuff for the Frogs. We'll have plenty of coverage of the team on the hardwood, also more TCU football talk all week long. This is Locked On Horn Frogs. We're part of Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day.